Welcome to the Marriage Depth Podcast. We're developing a long-lasting, happy relationship. Is the status symbol to achieve. And following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in marriage counseling. The Marriage Steps Podcast is listener supported, so to help keep it on the air, please consider becoming a monthly supporter by going to patreon.com forward slash marriage steps. As a quick reminder, I'm doing the Total Marriage Refresh, a digital date night conference coming up May 23rd and May 24th. So it starts a week from tomorrow. It's two nights from 6 to 9.15 Mountain Standard Time. I'm going through the six marriage steps. It's very interactive. There's a lot of hands-on exercises, live Q&A, and a live presentation from me. So be sure to sign up. Go to my website, drwyattfisher.com. Click on Marriage Retreats. You can access it from anywhere in the world, and it's a good time to get a boost for your marriage. The marriage tip of the night is don't have heated arguments, have calm ones. This is significant. So when you're having a fight with your partner, how volatile do you get? How hot do you get? How much does your temper get the best of you? When we have arguments, it's when our ugly side comes out and we get into fight or flight and we say things we exaggerate. We say things we we don't remember and we say things that are cruel. And how you handle arguments is going to make or break your marriage because it creates scar tissue. And the more destructive and ugly your arguments are, the harder it is to rebound and come back from those arguments in the future. So have it be a guideline that when you have an argument, you practice calm arguments, not heated arguments. If one of you is more hot-tempered, you need to practice deflooding. I teach the floor method, which is I think one of the best methods for handling conflicts, you can find more about it on my website under training modules. But the floor method, the number one step in the floor method is to de-flood. You need to come to an agreement with your partner that we're not gonna talk about stuff if you or I are flooded. And what it means to be flooded is you're in fight or flight. And you need to watch for your signals, watch for your signs, and have permission in your marriage to take a break when you're flooded. Because if you push through and try to work through a conflict when one of you are flooded, it's just gonna get worse. It's not gonna get better. So give yourself permission to calm down, lower your heart rate, and then within 20 minutes to 24 hours, come back and work through the conflict in a calm manner. The marriage joke of the night is a woman was watching her husband up on the roof, and she thought to herself, he is inches away from an insurance claim that could completely change my life. (laughs) Okay, the marriage message of the night is four love bucket pitfalls to avoid. The love buckets comes out of my marriage step number six, which is staying in love. Staying in love is the key to marriage. We don't want to be unhappily married. We don't want to suffer. We don't want marriage to feel like a torture chamber, and a lot of times it does. So one of the keys to marriage, which is why it's marriage step number six, is you need to stay in love. You need to fall in love and then stay in love. Falling in love is the easy part when you're dating, but through the the ongoing life of marriage, stuff gets hard. You have kids, you have a mortgage, you have a career, life stress happens, and before you know it, you're not in love anymore. So the first step is learning how to fall back in love, and that's this concept of a love bucket. 
I teach. So a love bucket is something we all have inside of us. And in the beginning, your partner is putting water, they're pouring water into your love bucket. They're, they're a faucet, and that faucet is full speed. They're saying the right things, they're doing the right things, and before long, your love bucket gets fuller and fuller and fuller until it's filled. And when your love bucket is full, you fall in love with whoever's filling your love bucket. You fall in love with your partner. But through the years, your partner turns down the faucet. Now it's just a drip of water going into your love bucket. And simultaneously, they start doing things that makes you feel negative towards them. And those are drainers. And that creates a hole in the bottom of your love bucket and water starts pouring out. So before long, this full love bucket that you had in the beginning of your relationship gets lower and lower and lower until it's dry. And that's normally when couples come in to see me for marriage counseling. So part of what I love to do with couples is help them find out what fills up your love bucket and what drains it. And if we can track that on a regular basis, it's one of the best ways to fall back in love and stay in love. So that's the concept of the love bucket. But through working with couples on this concept, I've noticed there's several pitfalls that couples fall into. So I wanna go through them today. So the top four pitfalls with the love bucket. The first one is judging your partner's fillers. So some common fillers are affection, sexual intimacy, adoration, recreation, thoughtful gestures, support my interest, physical attraction, and the list goes on and on. But those are some common fillers. And one pitfall I see couples do is they'll judge their partner's filler. So for example, let's say your partner has the filler of affection, but in your mind, you're thinking, that's stupid. They don't need affection. Everything else I do should be enough to make them happy. And don't ever do that, okay? That's a no-no, that's a flaw, that's a pitfall. You don't wanna judge your partner's fillers. Whatever they need, their top three fillers, you need to learn to respect them. You're not gonna change them. It's something innate within them. It's an impulse. They have a desire for those three fillers that they put on their list. They can't help it. It's a part of who they are. And so if you, as their partner, start judging that filler and you dismiss it and you, you label it and call it stupid or irrelevant or that shouldn't matter to them, your partner's happiness is gonna go down the toilet. So instead, you need to learn to respect your partner's fillers, no matter what they are. As long as they're moral, and as long as you don't have to personally suffer meeting them, you need to honor and respect their filler. Don't judge their fillers. Second, another pitfall is using your definitions of what those fillers mean. So this is another thing I see couples do. So let's go back to the affection example. Let's say your partner has affection as one of their fillers. The pitfall is for you to define what affection means. So you think affection means putting your arm around them in the morning and at night, and you think that's affection. So therefore, you think you should get a good score on that because you have done affection in the way that you think it should be done. Eh, don't do that, okay? What matters is how they are defining affection, not how you think you should be giving them affection, but how they define affection. They may want their hair stroked. They may want light tickles on their arm. They may want you to come up from behind them and hold them tight. They may want you to cuddle at night. Who knows? 
but it doesn't matter if you think you're providing affection in the way that you think it should be provided. What matters is if it's in the way they want it. So you have to ask them a lot of questions. What does affection look like for you? How would I provide that? Give me some examples. Their definition trumps everything else. So it's their list. So what they think matters. It doesn't matter what you think. If you think you're providing it, it doesn't matter. What matters is if they confirm, yes, the way you're providing it is the way I want it. The third pitfall to watch out for is thinking perfection is the goal. So you're looking at your partner's list, you're looking at their bucket list, and you get overwhelmed and you think, oh my gosh, I can't do these three fillers every day of the week. They just want me to be perfect. Eh, that's not the goal. Your partner does not want you to be perfect unless they have some problems of their own, which they probably don't. But what they're looking for is for you to provide those fillers more days than not. So a minimum of four days a week, you need to be providing their fillers because they're starving without it. Think of their fillers as hunger. Their stomach gets empty every day. And so they need you to fill their stomach back up every day. And so you can't have the minority of the week where you're not providing their fillers and then complain that they want perfection. But instead, if you're providing their fillers more days than not, so four days a week, most likely that's gonna be enough for them to be happy. So that's a challenge for you. Fill up your partner's bucket with the three fillers they need four times a week and see what it does. See if that's enough for them. Most likely it will be enough. So it's not about perfection because life happens. You may get busy with something or you may be preoccupied with something or you get self-absorbed with something. Life happens and that's okay. Three days of the week, you can forget about your partner's fillers. It's okay, it's gonna happen. But at least four days a week, you need to be excelling in them and usually that's enough to make them happy. The fourth pitfall to, watch, pitfall to watch out for is expressing your low bucket destructively. So let's imagine your partner is not filling up your bucket. What do you do? A lot of us get destructive. We get passive aggressive, we get critical, we withdraw emotionally, and then that demotivates our partner from wanting to fill up our bucket. So eh, don't do that. Don't become destructive with your words or your behavior when your love bucket is low. So instead what you wanna do when your love bucket is low, and that means your partner is not providing your top three fillers, you need to express it from a tender place. You need to express it from a tender underbelly. In the tender underbelly, you don't say the word you, and instead you talk about your tender underbelly, which is sad or hurt or lonely or fearful, etc. So you would say, so let's imagine one of my, my fillers is affection, and let's say my wife is not providing that. So I can either say something like this, you're never providing touch. What's wrong with you? Eh, that's destructive. Or I can say it like this, I feel really lonely and sad because we haven't had much affection. That's what it looks like to express your low love bucket tenderly with a soft underbelly. So those are the four pitfalls you wanna watch out for with the love bucket. It's judging your partner's fillers. Number two, you using your definitions of what their fillers should look like instead of their definition. 
Third, thinking that perfection is the goal, which it is not. Majority of the week is the goal, four days a week. And fourth, expressing your low love bucket destructively instead of constructively. Thank you for listening to the Marriage Steps podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to click the five stars and leave a review. For more marriage resources and to learn about my top six marriage steps, be sure to go to my website, drwyattfisher.com. And be sure to send me your marriage questions through Instagram, Facebook, or email me at info at drwyattfisher.com. And remember, your marriage is alive. So if you care for it, it will grow. But if you neglect it, it will die. The choice is up to you. Take care.